Systematic. Systematic. Recorded in Humble Park, Chicago. Systematic podcast. Hosted by twin sisters. It's a magic podcast. Alexis and Samantha. Just in case your friends are systematic podcast. Hey, welcome back to Systematic Podcast, the show about politics, pop culture, and sisterhood. It's your girls here. I'm Sam. And I'm Alexis. And this is season two, episode five. Um, what a what a what a season it's been. <laughs> um Truly. It's twenty twenty one now. We're literally one week in and to the new year. Shit is already on fire. Yeah, I saw like a meme or something. It said twenty twenty one is the remix. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, okay. Um Right. Shit's, shit's already turned up. Yeah, so hopefully we can help add a little bit of color and perspective to every some of the things that are going on. Right. Also, how's your new year starting? Oh, my new year? I mean, I'm this is Alexis. I'm I'm blessed to, you know, be able to work from home and continue to do grad school from home. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm okay. I'm just concerned, more concerned with the state of the world and everyone, you know, my family and friends staying healthy during the pandemic. And, mm-hmm. Yep. How about you? Yeah, uh, I had a lot of uh, personal life changes going on lately. So I've been telling people I have been on vacation. People are like, what are you up to? I'm like, nothing. I'm trying to not be depressed and... <laughs> I'm joking. I obviously am working on things too, but you can talk about it. No, 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 no. It's fine. I'm good. I'm managing. Tune in next next episode. <laughs> next episode. episode. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, do you want to start with politics? Um. The world has its eyes on America right now. This shit show. For all of the wrong reasons. Shit show going on in D.C. Well, that, I think, is to put it lightly. Calling it a, a, a shit, shit show. <laughs> truly a national disgrace. No, it's a like... A stain on our history and our democracy and... I mean, just yeah. an embarrassment. We were already like a joke the past like four years with Trump as our president, and this is just like next level of just yeah, preposterous behavior on behalf of a political party that has become completely unhinged. Um, right. So let's start with that then. Sure. To provide a little bit of context, January 6th is a date that's in the Constitution. It's not supposed to be an incredibly notable day. It's the, the day where members of Congress are supposed to come together and tally the electoral votes and finish the electoral process. A, a process that normally only takes 30 minutes. But since this has not been a normal presidential administration of course january 6 2021 could not go by as planned um and there are a few i think like three main key events that really led to the madness we saw um and terror that we witnessed unravel in dc right i mean obviously there was a 
a lot of contributing factors, and this, like, like, tension had been building for a while, but... Right, I mean, we've known from the beginning that Trump, assuming the presidency, would ultimately lead to some type of insurrection, um and display of power from especially white nationalists and white supremacists who right. f- who felt emboldened by his his words and actions and policy decisions. Mm-hmm. So really this has been years coming um, and it's not a surprise but uh, not surprising. What are the the main things that you're talking about that really like set it off? Yeah, so three of the main contributing factors to um, these people storming and breaking into the Capitol and causing um, terror and violence on January 6th were, was first the night before the Georgia Senate runoff elections resulting in two new Democratic senators um, being appointed to Congress. Right. Um, this runoff election that was basically deciding the future of the power, who holds power in the Senate and... Um, in a red state. In a red state and we got... Two of the seats. Two Democrats um, added to the Senate. That means that Joe Biden, uh, when he takes the um, takes office, will have the not only the majority in the House of Representatives, but will have a majority in um, the Senate and the presidency, which means there are, is a world of new possibilities for what Biden can get done in his administration rather than being blocked by the Senate. Uh, being controlled by a Republican majority. Mm-hmm. So Senator, Democratic senators winning the race in Georgia the night before was huge. Right. And it means a new political shift in, in our country's history. The next morning, Trump supporters were planning on descending to D.C. Trump was had planned to hold a rally. The second main event was that Mike Pence stood firm against Trump and said... I'm not going to disturb the count, the tally of the electoral votes in Congress today. Mm-hmm. Trump was really banking on Mike Trump, Mike Trump, <laughs> Mike, Mike Pence doing some super corrupt, anti-democratic mm-hmm. bullshit. And Mike Pence was like, um, there's, there's really nothing I can do even if I wanted to. Right. So Mike Pence... Trump perceived him as being weak Mm -hmm. and betraying him, and that really set him off. So during his rally, the third event that led to this catastrophe was that Trump was emboldening his supporters at the rally, and he told them to go and walk to the Capitol. So what did they do immediately after his speech? They walked to the Capitol, they stormed the fences they broke windows mm-hmm. they assaulted police officers assaulted police officers um and and then we saw all of the other violence unfold on social media and in the news so this has really been horrific um imagery for all of us to witness it's been also especially hard for black and brown americans to witness considering the the treatment that we've received over the past year of protesting for human rights and justice and police um, reform and accountability in the way that those protesters have been treated by the police with extreme acts of brutality. Mm -hmm. Um, So witnessing Trump supporters uh, assaulting and attacking police officers, one police officer was killed. Yeah, no, it's just like crazy um, how just 
unprepared. It seemed from the videos that there was like almost no police even there. Like they were just super outnumbered. And it's like so like great. It's the capital of our country. Yeah, the center of power. Literally left like defenseless. Like mm -hmm. when they knew that the, these demonstrations were planned it's just insane right there were um congress members taking cover under their desks and putting on gas masks um and many elected officials are saying that they tried to call the na the national guard in and that their their calls for the national guard were being rejected who do you think was rejecting them right. um so looking ahead first things first Every single person that descended on D.C., that uh, breached the Capitol, that committed acts of violence and treason, needs to be held accountable. They need to be prosecuted. Their faces aren't even covered. They're all in camera. They need to be identified and mm -hmm. be brought to justice. Everyone who enabled them, Trump, Rudy Giuliani, mm -hmm. um, every Republican that was entertaining his false conspiracy theories about um, election fraud needs mm -hmm. to be held accountable for enabling this and inciting this violence. Right. And then next, we need to think about what happens next because Joe Biden being inaugurated and becoming the president on January 20th is not going to make all of this go away. Mm -hmm. All of these people that descended on DC, all of the people that voted for Trump, are not just going to go away and let things go. It's not a small group of people. It's almost half of the country that voted for him. Um, and people that believe that there was election fraud and that Joe Biden did all of these crazy things to steal the election, they really believe it, even though there's no evidence of it. Delusional. So as a country, we need to think about what we're going to do because all these people that felt bold and brazen enough to break the windows of our nation's capital, assault and kill pl a police officer, bring pipe bombs into the nation's capital, among other weapons, Molotov cocktails, guns. Right. All these people that felt emboldened enough to do these things are gonna go back to their hometowns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I heard they're already planning other um, riots, um, like on a, Inauguration Day and things like that. And other actions at their city and state capitals. So we need to think about concretely what we can do as a country to address this fomenting political violence and divide. And it's gonna, it's going to take a lot more effort than just saying we need to all be unified mm -hmm. and stand together. So, so that's that's the challenge that we have right. for this next year and this this new chapter in in our country's history. Before we get into pop culture, um, was there anything local that you wanted to discuss? Yeah, we should touch on just briefly um, issues between the Chicago Teachers Union and the city and Chicago Public Schools CPS leadership. Um, so what's going on? So for some reason, city and CPS leaders are trying to make a large number of, of teachers return back into the classroom, which um, in like a week or so, which really doesn't make much sense considering we're still in a pandemic and, and things 
nothing has have really, gotten better. Yeah, nothing has gotten better or changed to make schools any safer than the beginning of this, basically. I mean, I feel like they're saying fake shit. Like, I have a friend that's a CPS teacher that said they gave them, like, little tiny, like, air purifiers. Right. They were like, oh, we've, we've improved the school buildings and made them safer. And there's, like, $30 tiny little air purifier fans right. in the corner of a room. So the conditions aren't really any different. Doesn't really make sense um, to make teachers have to return to the classroom, especially in cases where no kids are in your classroom, but they want the teachers to show up in person anyway in the building when they could just still continue to do remote learning for their Mm -hmm. classes at home. Right. Especially when we're like so close to the vaccine being, you know, more widely distributed. We're still in the first phase now, but yeah, I think teachers are pretty high priority. I think that, yeah, it just, it doesn't make sense to make teachers go in without protection um when we're this close to having a vaccine and we've already spent well no we have a vaccine i mean having the vaccine distributed to teachers yeah um and yeah i mean we're we've already been almost a year with online schooling in cps so might as well just wait a tiny bit longer and literally save lives yes the our teacher friends that we were talking to were also saying that it's not even just about teachers getting sick or kids getting sick um it's really about disproportionate impacts on communities where that are being really hard hit by covid um (laughs) of course like primarily black and latino communities in the city yeah i mean that one of the teachers we were talking to was saying yeah i mean kids don't have a very high rate of of serious infection with covid it's not It's not necessarily about that. It's about, um, you know, maybe their grandparents who are taking care of them. Right. Or just just the people they come into contact with in their neighborhoods causing a spread in these communities is is part of the the huge issue that people are trying to prevent. Um, So that is the tension that's happening. Um, Mm -hmm. CTU, uh, the teachers union, has not put a strike on the table. No one's talking about a strike. They're trying to deliberate and figure out a solution um, to keep the most people safe Mm -hmm. and to try and provide the highest quality of education to CPS students. Okay, so moving away from politics, Sam, what has been happening in the world of pop culture? So one story that I wanted to talk about that is also unsurprising and a lot of people have seen coming is the divorce of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. It is said that Kim has hired a very uh, high, high-powered high celebrity divorce attorney, the same divorce attorney she used in her split divorce. from Chris Humphreys, mm-hmm. which was her second marriage. This is So this will be her third divorce, actually. But yeah, they, you know, Kim and Kanye were together for almost seven years, I believe. They have four kids. Is it four or five? North St. Psalm, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a lot of kids together, which is one of the main reasons I think why Kim has, you know, been trying so hard to hold on. Yeah. Um, but that's the rumors. They're saying that she's been done for a while. Yeah. Um, as we know, Kanye, um, you know, has had very public, public spiral episodes. Yeah. You know, he apparently has bipolar disorder um which is very hard for any family to to have to manage 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in such a public way. Mm-hmm. And they've been living separately for the past few months. Uh, Kanye. Several months, yeah. Several months, yeah. Kanye has been living in, in Wyoming and Kim has been, um, you know, in Calabasas. So it looks like the beginning of the end for these two. And my take is that I think that Kim, I think that they tried to get Kanye help and support. And like we said, it's a really difficult thing to deal with mental health, but she kind of has to do what's best for her and her family. All she can do is is try, but if it's not gonna get better, you know, I think that she's making the right decision and trying to move forward with her life. And hopefully those around Kanye can continue to try to help him to get support and resources. Yeah, I mean, both of these people are very controversial figures. I mean, you can for both of them, there's people that absolutely love them, are diehard fans, and then there's people who absolutely hate them and think that they're like the worst things sure. that have happened to the world. Yeah, I mean, I personally am not a huge fan of either of them. Honestly, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, Kanye, the whole thing with his mental health and people constantly using that almost as like an excuse for a lot of the harmful actions um, that he has been taking, especially over the past year. I mean, his support of Trump alone is right. Has caused so much harm. Yeah, I mean, him trying to run for president like very harmful to could literally could you know could have had uh, terrible yeah, effects terrible on impacts. our democracy and, and and kim yeah well also i just wanted to say that people are like oh well he's like bipolar like lots of people are bipolar and don't support bigotry i just want to say that um right it's not an excuse mental health is not an excuse for being Yes, supporting hatred. And Mm -hmm. we say this as two people with our own mental health struggles and as people who have family members who suffer greatly from mental health disorders, including bipolar disorder. So it's definitely not something to be taken lightly. So that's my take on that. Were you going to say something else about Kim? Um, No, I was going to say, yeah, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Kanye in recent years either. I mean, I think anyone in Chicago any young person growing up in Chicago grew up being a huge fan. Yeah, I want to preface that too because some people might think like I'm just being like a Kanye hater. Like, no, I love him and his music so much. Paid a bunch of money to go to his shows. I literally have cried actually multiple times when he first came out starting to support Trump. Like, I I felt like I really like lost like like a role model or someone that I like really loved and so I'm not just a Kanye hater like I have like really like strong feelings for him and what his music like means especially coming from Chicago um but I definitely cannot stand by his latest antics so yes and Kim um yeah is also you know has had her share of problematic behaviors (laughs) right so so yeah I mean I think it's it's sad for the kids like it's sad for any kid their family to have their parents uh, separated especially at such young ages so mm-hmm. yeah really hoping that they're able to figure things out i mean the reality is that they're some of the most privileged children in the world so hopefully they have resources i think that they'll be 
Of okay. course. Yeah, they'll be perfectly fine, but it's still just fucking sad. Like, regardless of, of any class privilege, have your parents mm-hmm. not love each other. Yeah, it is sad. I mean, and to deal with, yeah, your parent having a mental health struggles is hard. Yeah. So, I mean, hope that it can be resolved as least messily and painfully for all of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they can go their separate ways. But what's what's next? Oh, the other thing, the next thing I wanted to talk about is that um oh this like whole like Soho Karen debacle in New York in New York City yeah if you guys know who I'm talking about is this viral video you guys probably saw it um a 22 year old woman Mia Ponsetto attacking um tackling a young 14 year old black child in a hotel lobby and falsely accusing him of stealing her iPhone which she had actually just left in an Uber she had no reason to accuse him. Literally just saw a young black boy with, with an, an iPhone. iPhone and was convinced that it had to be hers like no one else has an iPhone. And just the the hotel like management, management security they, was there. They let her leave before the police got there. Um, it's just like they you, were also enabling and emboldening her. Yeah, is is hor- just horrible and traumatic Tra- for this young boy. Definitely to just be racial profiled just on his way to brunch with his father. So this this you know very common, unfortunately very common um, type of video and incident we see happening in America. Right. So one aspect of the story that I just really wanted to unpack is that when media addressed this Karen, she actually claimed to be Puerto Rican as a means of like deflecting responsibility, like and as claims of racism. Yeah, like as if it being Puerto Rican means can, you can't be anti-black or, or racist. Mm-hmm. Um, so just really wanted to address this like weaponizing of this ethnicity right i mean if she even is puerto rican i mean apparently she's claimed a few different ethnicities but yeah being being latinx does not mean that you're automatically not racist this is ridiculous that we even need to say this um especially if you're a non-afro latinx person right and actually the young the child that she assaulted coincidentally is also also puerto rican Rican. yeah he's black and puerto rican so they're both they're both puerto rican and we see this case of interpersonal racism and violence Mm -hmm. um within our own ethnic subgroup yeah just really something that we want to call out and bring attention to um and is something that you know we've witnessed even in our own communities right i mean we were um in we were in chicago on paseo boricua holding a a, a vigil um and uh demonstration in this the wake, summer in this this past summer in the wake of george floyd's murder and we had a puerto rican woman that 
angrily walked by us during the demonstration when Sam was um, chanting on the microphone. Do you remember what you were saying? I think she got especially offended by a chant about. I think it was like was no justice, no peace, no racist police. Yeah, so she she got I think especially offended by that, and she walked by Sam and called her a bitch. Yeah, among other choice words. So we confronted her as well, which was a whole nother um, story. She was she was very embarrassed and actually turned out to be a friend of our mom. So yeah, this goes to show you that. Um, yeah, racism and prejudice and bigotry is alive and well in the Latinx community. Um, this was just, you know, another example of that and that ignorance really just on display. So want to just bring attention to that and yeah. make sure that we're all doing our part to hold each other accountable. Notice how when a Puerto Rican person, someone from our community, does something fucked up and racist or not, on the mic saying hey not all puerto ricans no this is a problem right that you don't cover up you shine the light on it right so we hope mia Ponsetto gets you know a, a good a good dose of justice doled yeah, out yeah uh she was actually arrested today they went and got her so yeah, we said that no i don't think that we did okay so she was arrested and um yeah we'll see how that goes we all know how the situation would have played out if it was the other way around if it was a, a black woman attacking a white child they would have been arrested immediately the last aspect of this story that i wanted to touch on is that she also is now claiming that she was having like an anxiety attack because she lost her phone and like using that as um an excuse for her behavior and assault and yeah her her assault of this young child um so weaponizing her apparent latin ethnicity and also weaponizing apparent mental health um anxiety really just trying to avoid all forms of accountability again responsibility and responsibility yeah you know similarly as i said with kanye like having like mental health problems does not is not an excuse for you know malicious behavior so and she's also conveniently bringing all of these things up now since she heard news that you know the police were going to travel nypd was going to travel to california to arrest her she's been now out of nowhere saying that she wants you know wants to apologize and speak to the family when previously she's had many public remarks saying that she didn't know what the problem didn't have any regret she Mm -hmm. didn't feel the need to say sorry or do anything so it's all very convenient right so to all the mia poncettos out there the amy coopers the barbecue beckys and by the way you don't need to be white to be a karen i hope that this is a lesson uh for all of them out there that they can't just go around recklessly harming black and brown people, people of color who are just living their life. Um, the internet will find you and you can't hide. No, you really, really can't. Right, so that's that on that. And as we approach the end of this mini episode, we just want to thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for bearing with us over this season. It's It's been quite challenging. Uh, with the pandemic and, 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 you know, social unrest and all that has been going on. But it's a new year and we have a lot planned. 
We're working on even more ways to bring you even more information, news, stories, and important interviews. So continue to reach out to us, continue to hit our DMs um, and emails with any questions. Or if there's something you want us to talk about or someone you want us to talk to, uh, we do love to hear from you. And we're really looking forward to continuing this journey and continuing to build this community and this sisterhood with all of you. To anyone who is listening, we are sending you the best vibes for 2021. I'm counting up right now, up, up, right.